This podcast was produced in association with FunEmploymentRadio.com. Hello once again, nerds, geeks, and gamers. I am Jason Chevron Chops, and this is a podcast. This podcast was recorded on January 30th, 2018, and I am finally back to 99% health and feeling mostly like a human again. It's been a slow couple of weeks with a lot going on, but also not a lot. It's still that post-holiday gaming doldrums, but I did find a good assortment of multimedia topics to cover with special multi-appearance guest, Matt Neslanik. Please enjoy our conversation where I mostly talk at poor Matt, as I'm prone to do. And be sure to check out your local retro gaming groups, the ACPN Podcast Network, and also be sure to like and follow this show on iTunes and other podcast apps, Facebook and Twitter using at WAG Podcast, and hit me up using WAGPodcastPDX at gmail.com. Wow, D. Wow, wow. This is the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jason, and today I am joined by the biggest thing to turn 40 since the end of 2017, Matt Neslanik. Good evening, America. What are we doing? Well, uh, I'm, I'm dealing with the whole feeling old thing. Mm-hmm. It's official now. Mm-hmm. I am 40 and two days old now. Oh, oh God. <laughs> knees started hurting two days in, both oh. knees hurt, you know. <laughs> Can yes, you, I think we're covering all the bases. Can you sense changes in the weather now? Um, dude, I could do that for the last four years of my left knee. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's, yeah. it's that bad. Oh. I already had surgery in one of them. Oh, no. I got oh. no, uh, I, I have no cartilage left in them. Oh, it's all Teflon. Well, the left one is. The right one still hurts. No. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, Good times. Yeah, Good bone times. on bone action. I mean, it sounds great, but. <laughs> ugh. Some hot bone-on-bone action. Yeah. No lubricating cartilage. Nope. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Straight bone, no lube. Mm. So that's not what this podcast is about, but here we are. (laughs) So we've got a a nice smattering of nerdy stuff to cover today. Just a a general, I don't know, what we've been doing, experiences and whatnot. Stuff from TV, stuff from classic gaming a little bit about modern gaming um, and the goodwill games oh yes the goodwill games a little behind the scenes talking what, oh, what what's the saying talking baseball Talk, what like i think that's what they call it inside baseball yeah oh. inside baseball in the world of voiceover as well as uh i don't know movies we're looking forward to because there's a couple okay as of... long as we're not actually talking baseball no no inside okay, sports gosh man it's really screw baseball i've got mixed references on that one so forgive me jeez um first off though we'll tackle some tv stuff so a new series just kicked off last week i think they're coming up on their second episode or maybe their third now but the show called the alienist which is a period based show early 1900s i believe late 1800s about a criminal investigator in new york uh serial killer in new york yeah so kind of like a jack the ripper style or vibe but in new york city this time um also reminds me of like the beginning of sleepy hollow when johnny depp is an actual inspector in london that type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot like Taboo and Peaky Blinders, which we'll also get into. But I haven't watched it. I It didn't really hook me because it looks a little too kind of slow and dramatic and like a, like a, a real lack of action from the trailers and commercials. But my wife watched the first episode and I think she's going to continue in on it. So I think I'll just 
kind of get a secondhand experience out of that. But it, it did intrigue me. The commercials kind of tr- intrigued me. I like Luke Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you good know, actors. It's a yeah, decent assortment. Good cast. So I'm going to give it. I'll give it a shot or two, and I'll probably uh, I'll probably watch the first two episodes with Jen, and I'll, I'll report back next time we talk. Awesome. Yeah, because I'll try to sit in for the second episode here, or maybe not. I'll see what my wife thinks of it. But I don't know. I think it's it's worth checking out. Definitely, if it's your thing, it appears to be a new trend overall that this is the direction we're going with tv because like i said it's the third series in just a few years to really scratch this itch that i didn't know everybody had but it's also how would you describe that itch specifically uh, it's kind of like like the first early stages of chlamydia which everybody has <laughs> in these shows but <laughs> oh god there we're and we're right back to taboo oh yeah so so many stds Taboo is one that we did watch like religiously. Like we tuned in, watched it live every week. Uh, I don't know if you got in on that one too. I did. Good. And but I, you... I enjoyed the hell out of it. Okay. But but uh, I feel like they see. I, I haven't watched it since it was on in the spring or summer. They... I forget. Yes, around there, spring to summer. So I, I kind of feel like I need to go back and rewatch it. So. Uh... There were some questions there. A lot. Like, like, who is he? Right. They don't really ever get into that. Is um, he a zombie? Like, <laughs> yeah. Is he? Is he dead? Was he brought back to life? How can he beat up everyone who comes after him? Right. Without issue. Why well, is he always issue. dirty? Yeah. That's well. <laughs> I mean, that's. I think that's just an assumption of of turn of the century everywhere. <laughs> but he would like sleep in the mud by the river and then go about his day for a week. Yeah. And not. Uh, even though he had okay. like a, a nice, well-appointed, he had home. a house with a shower and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. D- did he just not care what happened right? in Africa? Oh, I just so you many know, questions. Why do you like to f- your sister? Whoa, that did happen. <laughs> did it not? Did. Yeah. But although he kept seeing that native was, dude every time he was, I think it was a half sister. Not sure. See, so many questions. Well, and that's the thing, too. That's another question is, was she even his actual, like, blood relative? Because never really talked about it. It it was kind of alluded to, and I don't know, it kind of, in my perspective, like, hinted at that they weren't actually, like, blood relatives. Well, it was we first met her when they were confirmed. at the funeral of their father, right? Mm-hmm. So, their father. So, at least half. But... Why didn't she get any of the inheritance? At that time, maybe because she was a woman in that time period piece type thing? that she was adopted. Did they ever mention that? No. Again, just another question. Like, (laughs) it's obviously his family, his money, because of the way, like, the servant guy that he he has under his employee. Like, he worked for his Mm -hmm. father. He worked for the family. Now he works for him. It's like... There's like a just a, a razor sharp connection there, like a solid line between the two of them. But when she comes around, mm, not so much. It gets like, a little messy. Yeah, and like it. Yeah, and then the <laughs> the stepmom that <laughs> comes into the picture. Mm-hmm. That was another another wrinkle too. That's a little. Oh yeah. It's, so see what I mean? A lot of questions. Right. And for anybody that isn't familiar with the show, it's it's called Taboo for a reason, which, I mean, it doesn't quickly become apparent, but after, I mean, in retrospect, it's like, oh boy, yeah. So mm-hmm. this is Tom Hardy playing just a, a tough, grizzled, turn-of-the-century guy that's seen a lot of weird shit. Like, so he did some kind of tour thing in Africa, I believe with his mother, but... Lots of weird shit happened, and he's gotten into some weird, like, voodoo stuff now. I believe well, didn't she... everyone think he was dead when he everybody showed up at the funeral? Was, yeah, everybody thought he was dead. His mother was dead, died over there. Um, and then, yeah, he comes back to London because his father has passed away and comes basically to collect his his inheritance and take over whatever the family businesses were and just starts moving through all these different weird like machinations and plans and Mm -hmm. things that he's working on it's like 
there's this grand scheme going on, but you never really know exactly what his Mm-mm. final goal is. Like and what, Doug Stamper is in it. Which one is Doug Stamper? Uh, Michael Kelly. He's Doug Stamper on House of Cards. Nope. Never watched yeah, it. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I remember that you've got um, Elizabeth from Pirates of the Caribbean's father, the governor. Yes. He's in it. And, and he's he, quite good. He is very good, and he gets the best F-bombs. Mm-hmm. Like, And that was a weird thing about watching it. This is... A TNT show, I think. So no, uh, well, it's basic not, cable, not right? AMC. Uh, yeah, it, it's on cable, and there yeah. are more f bombs than I've heard anywhere before on cable. Right, and it's very refreshing, and it's great to see that we're finally at a point where we can just do stuff like we these these weird old, I mean, decades old can like constructs of the the tv industry like oh no you can't cuss on this channel but you could cuss on this one and oh Mm -hmm. you you can't cuss until after this time and then guys what are we doing like you still can't show a boob yet though no 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 no. you can show people getting their their head cut off but you cannot show a boob god forbid Mm -hmm. because that's just that's vile that's over the line over the line you don't want to influence these kids man Turn him into right. a bunch violence of is cool though. Yeah, I because mean, just think if you were to show a boob on TV and some kid saw that, he is going to grow up to be like, who knows, maybe like a TV producer or a movie producer, and he <laughs> is going to use his position. And now this this weird twist of I saw a boob on TV when I was twelve, and it made me just a a raging pervert monster man. It's c- corruption of our country. Oh my right god! There. If only. Yeah, I really hope no one ever takes this part seriously. Right. I, I really wonder if if people had people like that or people in certain situations that get into certain bad things like related to the the sexual nature of life. If they had seen a boob when they were like six to 12 or something, <laughs> would that have changed something like I, I was going to start torturing small animals at the age of five, but that was a boob. Then I saw. Oh, we're cool boob. here. We're cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw a random boob on TV, and it changed my whole outlook on life. Like I, t- I don't ever want to do anything bad again. Wow. You never know. I think once, we should try that. Yeah. Once I build my time machine, I will thoroughly investigate <laughs> this this theory. Um, yes. In addition to taboo, which is from the two of us, highly recommended. Yes. Um, there's also Peaky Blinders, which love that show. I had heard um, Bill Burr. I listened to his podcast, and he was talking about it all the time. He said he he was funny because he had to turn on the subtitles because it's yes, it's very <laughs> heavily accented. This is again turn of the century, but this is like London gangs, gangs of London, where you've got hardcore like first generation Irish. Like nationalist okay. Irish and mm-hmm. like, oh, just so what is this around 1919, 1920, right after World War One, I, I believe, because because they're, you know, the main guy is still suffering from PTSD from being in the trenches uh, yeah. on, on the French front, which is a unique thing to see. Like we see a lot of we've always seen a lot of the, the World War Two and, of course, the modern war kind of mm-hmm. PTSD and people coming back from the front and everything. And this is one of the first depictions of the World War One aftermath, where these guys are lost souls still looking for. I mean, it's it's like a hurt locker scenario. They need the the stress and the drama and the 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 thrill of being on the brink. So what else do they have? Right. So they they come and get into criminal shit, which is it's neat. It's a neat aspect. It's it's a a perspective I've not seen. Exactly. And they also, so it's like Birminghamshire, Birmingham, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Birmingham, England. And so they've got their little end of town, which they control all the business. And, uh, you know, of course, the, the Shelby family is the family in charge of everything. Correct. They are the Peaky Blinders with, mm-hmm. how do you say his name? Killian or Cillian? I probably depends on who you talk to. <laughs> I'm going with Cillian. Yeah. He's awesome. Yep. Cillian That's Murphy. just hands down amazing acting. Yes. Which he's he's been, I mean, all the way back to Sunshine. 
Mm-hmm. I don't remember if you if you saw that one. That was like the first time I I can remember seeing him in anything, and that's that's a striking movie as well. I mean, he was well. That's right. The thing, like, he kind of got bigger, I guess you could say, and was the Batman movies mm-hmm. being Scarecrow. Or but he was already big. He's great in Dunkirk as well. Oh, that's the one I still need to watch. Very good movie. Yeah. Not exactly like. Don't go into it thinking you're going to have a happy, fun, oh, you know, party. Right. <laughs> uh, it, it's not really that. <laughs> no, this is a real war as hell. It's kind of triumphant sort of in the end when yeah. they did get a bunch of them off that beach, but they also didn't get a bunch of them yeah. off that beach. We got a couple things. hundred of a tens of thousands. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. And it, it is an intense movie. Yeah. Uh, an interesting thing. I don't know if uh, I ever talked to you about this. So an interesting thing that uh, Christopher Nolan likes to do is use a certain sound. It's a three-tone sound mm. that always sounds like it's winding up. So the bottom one will phase out as the top one starts in and the middle one is going. So you get these three tones that are always kind of going up. And he's used this in Inception. He's used it in Batman. And it just creates a feeling of tension. Oh. So basically he does this for almost all of Dunkirk. And you're just like, oh, God. Grr! By the time you get out of there, right. you're, you're exhausted. It's freaking intense. But it, it's very well done. Man. Yeah, I do need to check that out. That's on my list as well as like Blade Runner. I haven't seen that yet. No, uh, and that's it's on. We talked oh, about ahead. that. It's on digital, but you can't rent it. You have to. No, buy it's it. to buy for like twenty two bucks. Yeah, that's that's brutal. I get it. That's it's that's good marketing. It's a good way for them to to cash in while the the hype is going. I want to rent it. I want to give them my money, so I right. want to do it the honest way. I but I'm not paying twenty two dollars. Yeah. Yes. I I don't want to go on and pirate it. Like so. Yeah. It's it is. It's a tricky tricky. Twist thing, my arm. Right. But it just depends on how desperate you are to check it out, or how committed you are to the to the material. But um, well, I'm trying to do the right thing more. Yeah, if that makes sense. Good. Yeah. Um, like any computer internet enthusiast that turns the page into adulthood. Yes, we, yeah. we try to do the right thing as much as possible because that's that's. I how understand we, how money works. I understand yeah. how people get paid, and they deserve to. Right. It's. The struggle with that too, <clears throat> I think about it like all the time because I'm, I'm getting into the retro gaming stuff, which we'll talk about. But mm-hmm. there's a a hard line to figure out where to draw between getting the original game to play on the original console versus emulation, because owning and using ROMs for games that you do not physically own is still quote unquote illegal. Only technically but that's, correct. It's it's <laughs> technically correct because the laws aren't written well enough to right. clearly express how this should work. Because these are games that are long out of print on consoles that haven't been made in decades with licenses that are questionable at best as to mm-hmm. who actually owns the rights anymore. Or And it's, it's games that you cannot get in any typical straightforward and reasonably priced fashion so it's it's a gray area it's a a, like a a self-created gray area like the lack of law the lack of rule has has birthed this whole i don't know closet industry but regardless of all that mumbo jumbo like it's it's a pain in the ass to imagine like hey like i want to play teenage mutant ninja turtles the arcade game to do that, I would have to buy a $10,000 arcade cabinet. Really? Like, you know, <laughs> I kind of want to do that someday, but I yeah. can't right now. Right. So very few people can, or if you're lucky, like I've got an arcade within a half hour of me that I could drive to and play it to my heart's content, but it's like that's not reasonable. So that's kind of the the this the argument from the the emulator side that I literally cannot easily and readily play these games. So there's those kind of situations that, that kind of justify it in a way, but there's this other logic line that I run all the time with people. It's just because I want to be in the NBA and 
I feel like it's an equal opportunity thing. And that doesn't mean I could go out and just be good at basketball and be on an NBA team. I, I can't just decide today. I want to be an astronaut and just walk out and into a space shuttle and go like, no, there's a lot of shit in life that you just can't do. Well, as my dad always used to say when we got in arguments about this, he said, you wouldn't download a car, would you? And I said, yes, I would if I could. (laughs) If I could. (laughs) And then we stopped right there because we weren't going to agree. Yeah. and Because it is. It's, it's, that's, I have like a real hard line logic for stuff in certain areas. But then there's other ones where it's like, let's find a reasonable middle ground on it. Because, yeah, it's, it, it, it sucks to think that I'm basically not entitled to playing any of those games. And I could, if I had tens of thousands of dollars, if money was no object, yeah, all day, just buy everything you want. But for 99% of everybody, that's not how it's going to work. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just, it. there's a conversation there that's just not happening and it sucks. But I don't know. Um, I guess that'll just be our transition into classic gaming. So the Goodwill games, the Goodwill games. Um, it's something that I don't know, like I've never really had a strong, um, like drive or motivation to, to get into and do. I've got like most people, my old NES games, like in a bin out in the garage that I've had for 20 plus years. Well, shit, probably Eh, not my whole life. I know that I was mm-hmm. younger when they when they got the consoles because I I don't. It's not like I was born into an NES house because I was eighty two and they weren't out by then. Sure, but yeah, grew up with that stuff. Still have most of my games from back then. Painfully missing some from mm. thievery of of family members or friends acquaintances. I guess. <laughs> Which I'll is put always it this a pain way. At least ass. you still have them. Um, usually, if I was trying to get the next system, my parents made me trade in the old one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you know, having more than one system, you can only play one at a time. Well, old man Nislonic was like, "Yeah, you wouldn't buy D- a new truck a, and keep the old oh. one." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You trade that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You let's use your metaphor, Dad. <laughs> God, because nobody yeah. does that. No, no, no. But I, I did a lot of that. I mean, that's that's sometimes the best way to to move forward with stuff. But it is regrettable because, yeah, I had all my Sega games. I traded in like eight of them to get Mortal Kombat two. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was trading in like I <clears throat> PS one and two. I never did. But when I got my PSP, I did a lot of trading up where. When they would release a new PSP console, I would sell the one I had to help finance buying the new one, which was great. It made it very cheap and accessible, but I finally got to a point where I sold like all of my PSP games and console and everything, and now I have none of that stuff around. And there are games that I long for that, again, there's no other way to play them. See, I feel like Nintendo is, they, they shoot themselves in the foot so much with this because they haven't even come out with the, the virtual console. They've never linked right. any of their virtual console on the Switch. They haven't linked any of them. So if you spent 100 bucks buying old games for your DS, that's, you have to buy them all again. That's the only place you could play it. I didn't know it was that bad. I thought they at least yeah. had like cross-buy. Uh-uh. Between the DS, the 3DS, the uh, Wii U, and the Wii, none of them... Carried over. Oh my god! So if you bought, you know, a couple hundred bucks worth of virtual games, you have to buy them again. That, oh. and See? that's the reason I haven't bought a Switch. I want to play the new Mario and the new Zelda, but I just I mm, can't do it. Nope. No, same. That bothers here. me too much. Oh god, it's terrible. Um, with that, speaking of the Wii too, like I just got my um, my in laws had a Wii. And a long time ago, I bought Skyward Sword and borrowed mm-hmm. their console. And as basically a payment for the rental, let them keep the game. So mm-hmm. after that phase wore off for them, it's just been in a, again, back in a bin, sitting somewhere in storage or whatever. So I finally had them dig it out. And now 
it's in my possession. I don't know if I own it, quote unquote. I might still have to like throw some cash at him to see if I can yeah. keep it. But I learned from Max that GameCube had a component cable, I think. So you could get like the full 480 resolution that was coming out of it. Because everything back when the GameCube came out was still composite. That's the, mm-hmm. the RCA cables, three red, blue, yellow. With the component cables, it breaks it into the RGB and you run that to your TV and much cleaner, um, sharper signal approaching the quality of HDMI. Once you hit like 720 resolution, like, no, it, it you go HDMI or, or nothing. But with these, <laughs> with these consoles, it's like I said, still everything was mostly 420p. They skipped 720. I, I know there's a couple PS2 games that did like 1080i that didn't really look that great. But aside from that, these component cables for the GameCube are outrageously priced because... Oh, really? Yeah, back then... I don't know. I'll look at eBay real quick. Component GameCube. HDMI adapter. So an authentic... Buy it now is always bullshit, but GameCube authentic and official Nintendo OEM, $239.95. Jesus. A GameCube itself is like $20. <laughs> Nintendo GameCube Indigo, $475. No, $4.75. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And it looks like there's there's knockoffs out there, of course. Sure. But good luck with Straight that. Straight from China with no label on them. But yeah, all of the buy it now ones are over two hundred dollars. All wow. of them are close to three. So that's out of the question. You jump to the first couple of generations of the Wii that mm-hmm. have backwards compatibility with the GameCube. You could buy those cables for eight ninety five. You probably buy the original Wii for eight ninety five as well. That's the thing. You could get a Wii for like fifteen dollars used. Get one of these cables for the same or less, and you've got a GameCube with component cables. <laughs> like, it's use your own weird. controllers and everything for the yeah, you know, GameCube controllers. Right. So there are later generations of the the Wii that don't have like the GameCube controller ports or the hardware to mm-hmm. to run the games. But yeah, you get one of these early ones, like I said, and man, I'm I'm living in the future past whatever. <laughs> Forty five bucks. I'm seeing. Ugh. For the Wii's. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. So, I mean, there's... Oh, speaking of gaming things that are overpriced... Oh? I say graphics cards need to come down a little bit. No, come on. Yeah. You, you just get off your high horse there, man. Come on. <sighs> you know, maybe, maybe it's the PCMR in me. I, I don't oh, know. Oh, my God. Hashtag. Um, <laughs> this, this shit has gone on way too long. I This cannot... is getting... St- Stupid. This is beyond stupid. It is. And I can't understand how nobody wants to do anything about it. Like, cause we've, we've already come up with our own theories. Like the first one I had was you make basically somehow make either a mining rig or a video card that is somehow exclusively tied to that function. But with computer yes. products, it's really hard to do that because you get it, you hack it, you make it do what you want. Like, <laughs> so little backstory matter. for anyone wondering, we're talking about graphics cards here. Yes, graphics I don't cards. I think I actually said that. <laughs> yeah, because um, with the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency mining explosion that's going on right now, there's like 10 different kinds. They're all trading at different rates, and you can buy video cards, basically build like a, a computer server setup to just mine and work through data Mm -hmm. to create bitcoins or percentage pieces of bitcoins which can then be sold for actual money or traded for goods so what people are doing like i watched a video the other night this guy spent twelve thousand dollars building his mining rig which had eight to ten 1080 ti video cards which those are eight to a thousand, eight hundred to a thousand dollars a piece. So there's most of his budget, but yes, twelve thousand dollars paid itself off in a hundred and twenty-five days, mm. and now he's making anywhere from like twenty to a hundred dollars a day 
just by running that thing and having it mine whatever the best or highest valued currency is for that mm-hmm. he it, said it's, it's insane yeah it's insane but it's created this completely astronomically out of proportion demand for video cards because they have the just the best straightforward free access processing power that works for mining these cryptocurrencies so this is how silly it's gotten um for christmas uh you know jen was my my fiance was gonna give me a a couple hundred bucks and i was gonna put in a couple and i was going to get a zotac or gigabit uh 1070 ti mini Mm -hmm. ti's are nice 1070s great you know for everything i do yeah and they were running around 430 to 475 bucks Mm -hmm. which is a little pricey that's why i was on the fence about it yeah Day after Christmas, Jen was looking at the link I sent her. Couldn't find one for less than nine hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, that was right as the the big Bitcoin. I, I think it was like eighteen thousand per Bitcoin. Yep. Uh, at that point, so everyone was just going crazy, and then you couldn't find them at all after after January first. Mm-hmm. This is I'm where... finding a few now, but yeah. What's crazy is like just. For always and forever, you walk into a Best Buy and you go to the video card section and the shelf is just full of them. I mean, they're they're everywhere. As soon as this shit started going on, bare shelves. It looked like yep. like a, a food riot had gone on and everything was just gone. There might be some like super basic like five-year-old video cards there that might run Minecraft at like medium resolution and... <laughs> There'd be yeah. nothing else with signs still... that say limit one or two per customer and not on the shelf. We might have some in the back, but, oh, well, see this, this kind of shit is what, what that last link I just sent you six packs of NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1080s founder editions right. for seven grand. Ugh. You can buy them in six packs now, which is perfect for mining. Right. Which, so it's, yeah. it's they're doing everything they can like everybody is is trying to make money. It's it's quick money, so everybody's trying to get it while they can, which that's capitalism, baby. But with no regard to I don't know. It's it's hard to to hold I don't know how to complain about it correctly though. Right, yeah. Because you can't hold an individual responsible for an industry trend. Like yeah, I I can't fault the guys that see the opportunity and make their money while they can like that that's that's what makes this country and our economy work it's that kind of like like i don't know that that ambition and that aggressive kind of work towards making a business work but it sucks because it's a phantom thing this is yeah we're not building houses and roads with this this is just bullshit fake money script off of the internet that will be worth absolutely nothing in a period of time. Like these. So are, the people who are making money off it are the ones who sold in December and early January. Right. And mm-hmm. it's crashed. What? 40% since then, I think yes. something around there. Yes. Because the, the value got astronomical. The, the massive sellout happened and, that's what, I mean, just like any kind of stock or whatever, that's, that's how the market swings. And nobody, I haven't really heard any horror stories of people losing their ass completely. Everybody's still on top, but all these late birds, everybody that's late to the party and buying it at these outrageous prices are going to have a really, really hard time <laughs> coming mm-hmm. up because it's, it's not sustainable. But Mm -mm. it's one of those things that nobody saw coming, so maybe it will do the completely unexpected and not go away. But it's it's a really weird thing, and yeah, it sucks to be on the wrong side of it as a gamer and being so screwed and just blacked out of ever upgrading anything. Because, like, I got my my 1050 Ti when I built my computer Mm -hmm. with the anticipation that... Someday I'll upgrade to the next like tier of cards, but that's gone. Like that's if if this stuff maintains, if they don't change something, like we're we're hosed. I'm I'm stuck with the 1050 Ti for the next five or six years. Like, <laughs> well, I've got a 970. I'm running still. Oh, shit, uh, EVGA 970 Super Clock. So it's still 
I I don't have any games that I can't run now, mm-hmm. but I think I'm I'm getting close to the point where I'm going to start seeing that. Like what's the you know this the, the hmm. okay the ten fifties are still reasonable. Like here's one buy it now for two twenty. So this That's is not horrible. No, it's this card is just on the the low side of the the bit mining. It's not a preferential card for it. Like the preferential ones are the what the 980 1070 the, 1080s the 1070 1080 and then the whatever the uh the AMD ones. AMD cards are yeah the 480 I think is what it was that was like their top tier one something like that but yeah so my 1050 I'm able to run everything at like medium to high settings even some games on ultra and stuff and that's current gen so mm-hmm. it's it's a fine card and much more reasonable to <laughs> to get this now, especially. But yeah, I'm I'm glad to see that those are still earthly. And it, I will see like a, a 1070, but I I ref, like they'll be about 1,200 bucks. No, which I refuse to even think about. That's insane because that is that's the the very next step up from this card. So you yeah. go from 220 dollars to a thousand. Uh... And they should be. I, I'm. This is my own fault. I should have got it when I originally thought about getting it before right. Christmas, but I I had no idea. Yeah, no. Well, and that's a weird thing too. Um, like when the I I wasn't even in a position to try to build my my computer back then, but the cards were just MSRP was outrageous for me for my budget. Like I I could have spent oh my entire computer budget hmm. just on the card. Oh, the good old days. Right. And now it's, no, <laughs> you, you need triple that. Like, yep. do I get a video card or buy a car? Uh, well, can you can you take the video card to work? Well, no. that's the thing. Yeah, because I'm going to mine Bitcoin with it. Like, <laughs> Well, there you go. Problem solved. You could drive your car to the coal mine or you could mine with your video card and stay home like, and make Jeez. $100 a day. But yeah, it's... It sucks, but it's silly. that's why, I don't know. That's probably why I have such an interest in classic gaming right now. <laughs> well, that, that, you know, like I said, I, I'm good on my PC mm-hmm. for, I guess maybe another year. Yeah. And then if, if I can't find anything good, maybe I'll take like a GTX 1060. Cause that's, I'm seeing those for about 350 right now, mm-hmm. but it's the 1070 is what I really wanted that, right. you know, 970, 1070, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Right. And it's just, I don't think it's going to happen. Oh. Um, one of the things that I did with this whole retro binge that I'm on, um, we had the fourth annual, now this got some big acronyms coming up here, NWCGE slash PRGE Retro Gaming Swap Meet. So oh, wow. PRGE is the Port- Portland Retro Gaming Expo that happens annually. They had a big swap meet there. All basically all of the same vendors now got back together for this annual swap meet where it's exclusively just game trading. So okay. with the, the retro gaming expo, there was a shit ton of vendors selling like everything, like toys and collectibles and art and everything, mixed in with booths selling classic games. So it was a whole different kind of animal. I at that time was not interested really like i saw some of the outrageously priced like rare games like 800 to a thousand dollars for a sega cd game type of thing like yes so that kind of is just like oh that's a thing but now as i've thought about it more like i said not super interested in the nintendo snes genesis generation where I could still get some of those games. Like I've, I've got maybe like a couple that I would ever want to say I own, but when it comes to PS one, that's actually my, my retro console now. Like that's where my heart lies, I guess for the, the collectability. Cause mm-hmm. when I start going through those games, that's where my real nostalgia starts kicking in where I like, Oh, these, these were, this was like a, a turning point for the video game industry but also my video game like life i guess because that's where i finally played something like final fantasy 7 
this mm-hmm. 60 hour long experience where, I mean, saving was a huge part of it, but it, it hooked me instantly in a way that something like Zelda or previous like Final Fantasies and that type of game just never could. It was just so groundbreaking at the time and new and fresh and like had just the right mix of fantasy and technology and all that stuff. And I mean, that's just, it, 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 it was, it was like a landslide of shit, but <laughs> now like going back and looking through, like I'm missing stuff. There's games that I remember playing that I want to play again. It's not easy enough to find the stuff in any kind of emulation. It's out there, but it's, it's really dark territory because these games are still current in a way like these yeah like the the ps3 is still did they they finally stop selling those new i think they did did they did they finally kill it i don't i don't know i can't remember if they're still producing them or not but it's like the ps1 and 2 are dead they're gone but sony has done a much better job of keeping them alive through their playstation network their storefront as opposed to nintendo like you talked about with their their stupid e-store where nothing carries over. None of these games exist. Well, Sony has done the exact opposite. I've got stuff on my PS3, not the PS4 because they bastardized that, but, mm-hmm. um, but the Vita on the PS3 and the Vita, I've got like a bunch of PlayStation one games. Well, now I finally pulled my PS3 out of the closet because it had a yellow light, the yellow light of death, I looked at the internal clock. It was six years ago. Mm. <laughs> this thing is so literally it hasn't been, been updated in a while. Right. So it's been just hanging out in a closet for six years with Castlevania Lords of Shadow in it because that's the game that killed it. Um, <laughs> at that time, I tried to what they call reflow the circuit board because the the solder joints on the processors on the PS3 originals and i think the slims too are kind of bad with it they use the ball solder so there isn't like a a physical metal on metal connection anywhere like it's just these little balls of solder balls yeah the balls balls of solder (laughs) got balls of solder Uh, but those those connections don't stand up to like a lot of like bad heat cycles so over time, if you let it get dusty in there and it gets too hot, they start to crack and split and do stuff where you get bad connections. And then, yeah, you get a yellow light of death. So you heat those Are you solder... doing what's called the reflow? The reflow. So what I okay. did back then is I just took everything apart, cleaned all the dust out, and then hit the processors with a heat gun to try to re- reset some of those solder joints or hopefully like heat it up just enough to to seal those gaps and make those connections again did it and it worked but i literally like just fired up the same game that killed it the first time and within <clears throat> five minutes it bricked itself Dead. again yeah back to the yellow light so that's when womp, it went in the closet womp. yeah <laughs> so here's six years on much a much smarter a much more patient and a much more informed chops a doodle got online looked up how to do it properly now with another six years of practice from everybody in the internet and Mm -hmm. went at it again did it as as rightly as i possibly could because i mean there's little things like i had to search out some liquid flux sure so with soldering flux is like for everything I ever knew, it's the Rosen core in the lead solder that kind of just like creates a, a little Teflon coating type of thing to let everything flow better, make better connections. And then it kind of evaporates and it's out of there. Well, the, the liquid, um, flux, you basically just squirt it in underneath the processors. (laughs) And then when you heat it up with the heat gun, it helps everything kind of work its way around so that shit was really hard to find there was nobody local because places like radio shack are gone now mm-hmm. i found it online finally um i think i got it through new egg or yeah new egg 
is the place that so I right from China. It. Well, no, it it was actually in America of all places. Oh wow! But like back east somewhere, it was just strangely hard to get a hold of. But <laughs> got some, just a tiny little bottle. Squirted that shit in there, heated everything up. Learned that you have to keep the motherboard level when you do this, <laughs> like very important. So did that, got everything going, and fired it back up. There's also a break-in process that I didn't know about with the thermal paste. Burning. Yeah. So you've actually got to run some heat cycles. And what everybody said, it's like you basically have a 30-hour window where you play for a couple hours, make sure everything gets hot. You don't like super overdo it. You don't max it out, but you get it up to normal running temperatures for a couple hours, hour or two, stop for a 15 to 30 minute break and then run for another hour or two stop for a 30 minute break. So that's it. You get it up to temperature. You let it cool down. You get it up to temperature, let it cool down over a a period of a day, say like 24 to 30 hours. So I fire the thing up. I throw in like, I'm really taking it easy on it. I throw in a PS one game. I start playing crash bandicoot, um, racing. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Crash team racing, which I got at the, the swap meet for, $10, um, fired that up, ran it for a couple hours. Then I threw in Gran Turismo two, ran that for a couple hours, threw in, um, Gran Turismo three, which was the, the first one on PS two played that for about 30 minutes and the console overheated. It didn't go back to yellow light, but it flashed and and squeaked at me and turned itself off. <laughs> it's like, oh God. Not quite as bad. But... Oh God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But going through that process of the the thermal break-in, I think it's good to go because like the following day, threw in a couple more, did the same thing, like a one, two, three jump. I finished off with Burnout Paradise for a good like two or three hours straight. And no problems. The only extra thing I did was I put a little like circulating fan in front of it, just blowing at the console. And now (laughs) like, yeah, you put your hand over the the exhaust ports and it's just cold air coming out. So it's alive. I'm able to now get back into these PlayStation one games and, and, and two, because I think there's a few on the two that I'd like to get back to, but yeah. Here I am. I'm I'm a retro gamer now, officially, formally. Like, <laughs> look at you. Right. So between that and then the the GameCube, the Wii stuff that I'm working on, I'm going to go check out the the Goodwill here in in town to see if there's anything nifty there. But I've I've kind of got the bug after going to the swap meet, after hanging out and talking about this stuff for the the last couple of few weeks. It's like, yeah, I I, I kind of get it now. <laughs> but well. That sounds pretty awesome. Through this process. It sounds worth it. It sounds worth, you It know. can be, if you're into it. If you if you get the itch, if you feel it, like, yeah. One of the, the crazier things, though, too, that I've found is in going through my PlayStation games, there's, I had some weird, like, underlying ability to get the most valuable games, like, because hmm. I have, I came across Chrono Trigger a while ago on NES or Super Nintendo original in the box complete that thing's worth like up to $300 on its own that was so a no pure, earthbound no that one it's like a almost a pure accident that it came into my life but I've got that but with the PlayStation games I sought out like Castlevania Symphony of the Night like I a friend brought it over I played it I was like this is one of the best games I've ever played so I got it as soon as I could that stupid game is worth $80. Easy. Sheesh. Right? The um, the other one that I had, and I was just telling my friend Max about this, because he's got, he's checking out like PlayStation 1 and 2 games, and I said, oh yeah, you should check out this Brave Fencer Musashi. I remember it was a great game. I've got it. I still have the case and everything. That's another one that, let's see, just to to check my math on it. Brave Fencer Musashi. Hmm. Disc alone is sixteen ninety nine. 
in the box, 40, 50 bucks, up to 70, Jesus. I'm seeing it. So another one that's like, hey, like people actually liked this game. Like, but it, it's weird that it's a game that I had and I feel like nobody else ever played or talked about. And now here it is, like actually growing into it makes a you feel good game. about your, your tastes. Yeah, that's what it was. It's like, man, I, I actually did have pretty good taste. Yeah, I keep my collecting to comic books. I, I don't have any of the expensive games and stuff. But now you, I mean, it's a similar scenario there. Oh, yeah. Like, it it, it it works the same way. Like, you pick up a comic or something that you liked at the time, didn't think anything of it, and ends up being like, oh, that's that's that one rare crossover that they only printed X mm-hmm. amount of. Like, holy shit. Oh, you have Daredevil's <coughs> number one. Oh, what the wow. hell? Yeah. Well, and, and that's your thing now, too. You've been picking up a lot of, like, the original like appearance issues i'm going yeah i'm getting i love my uh first appearances hell yeah it's um, it's history in in print mm-hmm. yeah there's a few i want that i still you not do willing have a to pay still oh god yeah <sighs> first iron man first uh oh. yeah thor first uh you know well i want amazing spider-man number one and amazing fantasy number was it 12 mm. i think but you know, Amazing Fantasy is going for uh, one with the cover torn off will be about eight grand. Holy shit! So I'm not exactly you know I've I've seen a couple Amazing Spider-Man number ones at cons for you know between three and ten grand. Wow! If if they're rated or good, yeah. So and I I wouldn't trust buying one on eBay. No. Because there's a lot of things with those old books that some of them are restored to make them look better, which takes away value. Yep. You know, and it's it's not just the fact of having it; it's having the right version. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. well, having a real one, a real one, yeah, not not a reprint, not something that not... was restored or, mm-hmm. or something that was markered in to make the the cover look darker. Which a lot of things, lot, oh. you see a lot of that, right? Well, that that happens too with the the classic games now because of the cartridges, like they've reached the point with technology that they can just reprogram and relabel a cartridge as whatever they want. So there's a lot of bootlegs out there. Oh, especially like, uh, yeah, Nintendo, uh, 60, yeah, Nintendo 64. I've seen those taken apart and mm-hmm. re-stickered and reproduced. Right. Which, I mean, it's, it's one way to get a rare game, but just like with your comics that, yeah, it it's is. It's rare, but not collectible at that right. point. It's it's just a, a shell of what it should be. Mm-hmm. Oh, Literally. Man. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the last thing... Well, we got a couple more things, but... Um, Do you have to wrap it up a little bit here soon? Yeah. I say we go for the movies that are coming out, because... As an old got, man, I need my bed time. Oh, I need my sleep, you know. I need to get to sleep. My you kids wouldn't understand... Up. I've got to get up and, and drive four hours in the snow to get to work. and I have to pee at least nine times during the night. I've already peed three times during this podcast. I haven't even moved, though. That's uh-huh. how dedicated I am. Though it's warm. Do you have a, a stadium pal or just a bucket? Cause... Oh, I, adult diapers. Oh, yeah. Oh, even better. I bought yeah. stock in them about three years ago, oh, and I'm no. doing all right. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. things will always be necessary. Little little Adult powder down the front and back, and you're good to go. Oh, gold bond! You got to get that tingle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God. <laughs> so we've got Black Panther. I know in a couple of weeks. Are we still yes. looking forward to that? Yes. I'm. So I guess there was an advanced screening today. Uh oh. Uh, first reactions. No spoilers. Amazing movie. Beautiful really? movie. Uh. There's a new Marvel King movie. Yeah. All the reactions I'm seeing from people I, I sort of know who have seen it, it's amazing. Wow. Lives up to the hype. Believe the hype. It's just that good. So I don't normally believe the hype. Mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still happy the, the, of the reviews I'm hearing. It's the, the cautious optimism is what I mm-hmm. try to go with. You know, uh, e- even the bad Marvel movies don't let me down necessarily, if you know sure. what I mean by that. Like yeah, the first... Is. Thor movie was kind of bad. Oh no. Like I think maybe watching it now, it, it feels a little long in the tooth, but when it came out, it was like, this is it. 
this is how these movies are supposed to be made. Oh my God. Like, cause See, that was the first, the Iron Man movie for me. Iron the first Man, one. Yeah. Man. yeah. Mm. And it's like, it did, it, it, it reignited. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm in, I'm invested in the Avengers like scenario that they're working towards at that point. Like that. Mm-hmm. And also really surprising to know who directed it. Like, yes, it's like, once once I found that out, it's like, holy shit, that's that guy from Harry Potter. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, he's 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 actually multi-dimensional. That's great. Ugh. Okay, so Black Panther review so far good. Yep. Ant Man and the Wasp just released a teaser trailer today. And this this is one I still haven't watched the first Ant Man. So really, yeah, I'm not. I I know I need to because yes, yeah, it's it's one that was critically not like blowing anybody's drawers off but fans definitely for what it was it like was it great uh gotcha. it, it, just watch it from michael pena yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> i i don't normally say that for, about movies but he just makes the movie the rest of the movie is great okay paul rudd is paul rudd right he's always plays himself but he does it really well uh everything about it's great Hell but yeah. michael pena makes the movie damn it that's yeah, cool. yeah, go see it. We do. So the trailer I mean, came out for the second, and it looks good. Yeah, I mean, it just it I, makes me happy. Good, good to hear. Because yeah, I've I watched it, and I just I, it looks like a movie with stuff, and it looks fun and funny and decent action, and I just don't have enough carryover from the first one to know if I should be like genuinely excited or whatnot. But yes, man, you should. Very cool. All right, and uh, last thing I want to touch on. Mm-hmm. Well, I was actually two things real quick. So another thing uh, came out. Have you seen the trailers for Annihilation? Mm-mm. With uh, Natalie Portman? No. Okay, it's an interesting uh, movie based off of a book or a set of books, I guess, about an alien shimmer that is on our planet. Not sure if it's interdimensional, alien, or whatever, but it's expanding and eating shit. And- Ooh. People don't come back from inside of it to, you know, the explorers. And it's it's pretty interesting looking. Okay. Yeah, it's on my... So, I opened a tab to check it out. Yes. Um, and then, of course, the last thing. Uh, the Delos Employee Handbook is hinting at more Westworld stuff. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that whole alternate reality mm-hmm. shit they do with that. Ooh. Yeah, so they just released something. It was like a bloody guidebook. Oh, God. You know, it's like, send help. Shit's gone wrong. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, we still, we have theories about what the hell's going on. Like, if that world is even the world that we know. Well, I'm wondering if it's on Mars or somewhere else. Right. Or, well, I'm not, I'm not going to go so far and say interdimensional travel, but another planet, maybe? Mm-hmm. Or something like that? Right. Yeah, no, that's that's, and I love how they've kept that generically unknown. Mm-hmm. No, it's that was <clears throat> one of the another one of the best like seasons of TV that's ever come along. It really is. Again, what what a great time to be alive for entertainment and video games and crap. We're really more robot orgies. Oh, oh God! Oh yeah, we got <laughs> um, Pacific Rim coming. There's a new trailer oh, yes. for that too. John Boyega looks awesome. Yep. No, that that mm-hmm. looks like it's going to be fun. I mean, I can't remember how involved Guillermo was. I don't think he is, right? Like this is in a, the second one. Yeah, I thought he was involved, but I, I could remember. be wrong. Yeah, because I know he's he's had his other movies in the meantime. But yeah, we'll have the to see. the fish sex one, right? <laughs> Which I haven't seen. <laughs> uh, no, I I I really loved it, but his movies are they're not hard to watch but definitely you got to be into it okay no he didn't direct two yeah pacific room two that's what i thought you know i loved pan's labyrinth i loved the hellboys he did the first Mm -hmm. pacific rim his creature and character design is amazing yes his stories yeah Eh. well i always wonder if that's just an esl thing that it's maybe if he's if he's in too much control things will not sound or flow exactly right and everybody just has to it, let it go because that's all yeah you, you don't want to tell Guillermo no like no so I made it I guess two seasons into the strain and I had to stop watching because it the, was just bad well I don't think he had anything to do with that after the the tr- like the premiere the pilot I think that was the only one he directed and the rest is just like a producer credit 
Because yeah, was that he the uh, that? Yes, it was. Was he? Was he that one? Um, like Crimson House or Crimson Crimson Peak? Crimson Peak, which is a device movie. Him. <laughs> it's a horrible movie. Yeah, like it, I, uh, again, visually amazing, but yeah, like it just mm-hmm. none of it really worked as a whole. Why do you keep wanting to go live in this house with the snowing in the top, uh, the, yeah. a hole in the roof? Uh-huh. Why? None of it made sense. No, it it was okay. just a, a smashing a Beautiful, bunch of shit though. together and making a beautiful picture that doesn't make any sense. And why was Charlie Hunnam in it? Right? Why is he in anything anymore? Why is he... (sighs) Period. (laughs) Yeah, why? Why? Why Why does he he? exist? My God. Well, you know, I don't see him in Pacific Rim 2. He'll probably have a cameo, I'm sure. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, I saw the the King Arthur movie with him in it when I was on the plane to Paris. Oh, no. I love Guy Ritchie. He's another one of those directors. I love his cinematography, his Mm -hmm. quick cuts, his silliness. God, why why was Charlie Hunnam in that? Right. Just ugh. He's got the Midas touch of shit. He he's really he's you know, if he ever, you know, listens to this podcast, he'd come beat me up probably, but you know, he's just not a good actor. (laughs) I is he British or is he American? I think he's American. Because that's always been my thing with him is he sounds like he doesn't speak English. Oh, like Newcastle, England. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's that's probably the worst thing for me that stands out with him is his inability to do an American accent consistently. Yes, there, there is he he is all over the place on his accents. Yeah. Um. So I need to if we could see something with him acting British, or was that the Arthur movie? No, he was. Yeah, I think he was doing the British thing in the Arthur movie. I, I honestly is. toned it all out after just, a little bit. You just hate his face. That's a, well, okay. I tried to watch <laughs> Sons of Anarchy because Ron Perlman's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Henry Rollins is in season two of that. Mm-hmm. You know, great cast. And I just got so annoyed with him. Yeah. I, I didn't make it. I made it season three. Uh, I think season three of Sons of Anarchy, and I just I could not stand him. Couldn't take it anymore. Rough. No. Well. Well, there's Matt's so, review of Sons of Anarchy and Charlie Hunnam overall. Not, he should stop acting. Just stop. <laughs> no Just, stars. You're not, you're not helping anybody, Charlie. <laughs> you're hurting people now. Oh, it's, you're causing <laughs> pain to the world. Just oh, stop man. it, man. Stop. Well, thanks, thanks for stopping by, Matt. <laughs> it, was, it was very nice to have somebody to talk at for an hour. So <laughs> It was a pleasure to be here. <laughs> oh, man. What? Do we have to plug? I know you and I have the Adventure Club podcast. That we do. With a little John Galbo. It's the East Coast meets West Coast podcast of basically a lot of bit of what we did today. It's a, a, a smash up mashup of nerd culture, funny stuff, TV, movies, celebrity guests and interviews. Oh, uh, yeah. <gasps> and who do we have Including this week? another one this week. Yeah. That's a country tomorrow. music star. Wow. So yeah, definitely look forward to yeah. that. Um, we did get the website finally, did we not? ACPN dot. Wait, did we? I think it was acpnnet.net. Or was it dot com? No, that can't be riched. Uh, what is our website? Let's see. No, it's not acpnnet.net. The acpn.net arrow club paris nope that's it not it it's still the as <laughs> anagrams again or whatever the <laughs> acpn.com or acpnet.net that's what it was it's the acpn.com yep. that was the one i was trying to think of and that is so, where you can find because it's it's a podcast network. We've correct. got the Adventure Club podcast, which is part of the ACPN. And there's and you, man, retro yeah, cinema, childhood remastered, drunk on Disney. Oh man, uh, Punch Drunk TV. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. Bunch of great podcasts. So that's where we can find myself and Matt. Matt is also yes, available via Twitter. I am on the Twitter. What's your, what's your, uh, oh yeah, I should probably put that out there. Uh, shit, what is my Twitter? B I G M A T T Y N S T Y. Big Matty Nasty. Oh yes. Ooh. And, uh, 
please feel free to at me. Hell yeah. At follow and send emails, do all that crazy stuff. And lewd pictures. Ooh. Send nudes. No, I said lewd. It don't have to be nude. Lewd. Tasteful. Lewd. Oh, tasteful lewd pics. Yes. I like it tasteful. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) But until next time, everybody, I am Jason Chevron Chops. I am Matt Nizalanik. And we are out of here. Good night, folks. <laughs>